So I'm just, uh, I'm tickled to get to share with you my good friend, Brett, who is going to bring the word today. And uh, maybe not in money, but this is a rich church. <laughs> and, uh, and in money, too, we, uh, our father owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And uh, he don't own, just own the cattle, he owns the hills. Amen. But we are rich in mighty men of God and women. Uh, and, and, and those who can come and bring the word, and we are so thankful for uh, so many who can come and share a word and, 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 and give me a day off. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we got married. We, we got married. I'm tired. <laughs> we got married off, <laughs> Caleb and Emily, last night, and so uh, uh, it's been a good time, and, and I'm so thankful for them. And uh, as we were thinking, as I was thinking, thinking about how those two kids grew up in this church, and this is our family, and uh, yet the family keeps growing. Amen. Isn't it awesome? And so this is my brother, Brad, and I'm thankful for him today, and he's going to come bring the work. Bring it on, brother. Apologies for my voice. Uh, I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare. Wake up this morning and you don't have your voice. So... Uh, we just say there's a lot of people out here, so <laughs> a little nervous. <laughs> As you can see, the, uh, the title of the message today is Light It Up, and I thought maybe the best way to uh, introduce this is uh, with a joke. I'm a jokester. I'm a storyteller. So uh, with that, uh, this old cat burglar, which, by the way, is not somebody that steals cats. It's somebody that's stealthy and is in and out without being noticed. This old cat burglar breaks into this house one night, and He's walking around, he's trying to get acclimated to the darkness, he doesn't want to turn his flashlight on, and he's feeling his way around, and he hears this whisper in the darkness. He hears, Jesus, Jesus is watching you. <laughs> he stops in his tracks, and he's looking around, he's trying to get his eyes acclimated to see where it came from, because you know, in the dark, he can't, he can't see everywhere, he's kind of disoriented. So he uh, keeps feeling his way around, trying not to use his flashlight, and he hears it again. Jesus is watching you. He stops in his tracks. <laughs> He's looking around, trying to get his eyes acclimated to see where this voice was coming from. He thinks he's starting to hear things, so he just uh, keeps going on about his business and feeling around for stuff, and he hears it the third time. Jesus is watching you. And that, he's had it at this point. He takes his flashlight out, and he lights up the room, and he's looking around. In the far corner of this room is this big old parrot sitting on a perch. He's looking at this parrot. He's thinking, there's no way that thing's talking to me. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, right at, a, at the perch's feet, there's this massive Rottweiler sitting there, <laughs> showing his teeth, snarling. And all of a sudden, that parrot says, sick him, Jesus. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> so, I, I, I expect my brother Eric here to tell me, last time I brought a message, I kind of ran over, so... Do what my wife does when I'm not getting to the point, just do this. That means get to the point. So before we get started, we're going to get through some stuff. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm a storyteller, and I, I'm, a, I'm one of those that's all about the setup. I like setting things up, all right? So uh, again, the message today is lighted up, and uh, how we are going to uh, learn today how to uh, pierce spiritual darkness with the light of the Holy Spirit, all right? So... Anybody agree this day and age is a little bit dark out there? Yeah. I don't know if you can feel it. I sure can feel it. Yeah. Um, 
So a recent study came out. The study was from the Cultural Research Center uh, from Arizona Christian University. The question was asked, regardless of your religious faith, America's foundation for determining right and wrong should be, and you choose one, the Bible, what you feel in your heart, or majority rule. Okay? Demographic-wise, demographically, ages 18 to 29, 47% said what you feel in your heart. 30 to 49, 44% said what you feel in your heart. Age 50 plus, 39% said the Bible. I'm giving you the, the, the largest number, largest response. 39% 50 plus said the Bible. So if you're 50 plus, give yourself a hand. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> then you break it down and it goes all into the religious identifications, which by the way, religion, we all know about religion, tradition, rituals. I was raised as a Catholic Mormon, if you can believe that. How I'm standing in a, a Bible church right now, only God can answer that question, because uh, he is not a God of confusion, and he, uh, he never turns his back on you. Sorry. So when you talk about religion, the same question was asked, and so when you go into the religious breakdown, 38% that claim to be self-identified Christians said the Bible. Just 38% compared to what you feel in your heart or majority rule. Those that have, no, have a faith other than Christianity, 45% said what you feel in your heart. And those with no faith foundation, 53% said what you feel in your heart. So if you are wondering how's all this, why is there such spiritual darkness, I would say that's right there. Yeah. We've lost our way. Yeah. Furthermore, uh, Summit Ministries, they had an, another survey similar to this one, but they asked the question, is, is there absolute truth or can each person determine their own truth? Right? So total, the total of everybody, 60% said there is absolute truth. 40% said there's individ each, each individual defines their own truth. Now, demographically, 65 plus, that would be those before, uh, born before 1957, 64% said absolute truth, 55 to 64 ages, that's from 1958 to 1967, 67% said there's absolute truth, 41 to 54 age group, that's born 68 to 81, 59% said absolute truth, you see what's happening here? Generationally, age 30 to 40, that's 82 to 92, 50%. We're at that halfway point. Only 50% believe there's such thing as absolute truth. Age 18 to 29, that's those born from 93 to 2004, only 45% believe absolute truth. So, how did we get here? Well, I've worked for the government for 24 years. Um, and there's no way to put it. Uh, it started with government. 1933 through 39, the New Deal policies came out. If you know your history, that basically removed personal responsibility because the government's going to respond is going to provide you everything now, right? Depending on government, not God. We'll take care of you. We'll put food on the table. 
we'll keep your lights on, right? Some of the things that came out of there, prohibition lifted. How many people died? How many uh, uh, addicts due to alcohol? That was a that was a that was a new a new deal era policy. They also paid farmers to leave their fields fallow. That's enough said right there on that. So remove responsibility. Government came in, remove responsibility. You depend on us. Then they got into our schools. They're going after that next generation. So 1962, Engel versus Vital literally removed God out of the classroom and there was no longer prayer. So government came in, so they took these kids' parents, the kids that are in there that no longer pray before class, go home to their parents that no longer really go to work anymore because the government's going to take care of them. They're putting food on the table. So see what that generational, that, that generational curse that's coming about. And of all of them, I think this is the one that, uh, that, that drives the point home. By 1995, 98% of American homes had a TV. Who's raising your kids? I've been guilty of it. I got twin nine-year-old daughters. We're on them all the time about uh, uh, IT equipment, phones. But see, now we're getting into the next generation of phones and iPads. Or it wasn't TV. I mean, let's not talk about TV. We can talk about the Von Erics after church if you want to. <laughs> We can clear some chairs out and wrestle right here if y'all want. My Uncle Kenny's sitting there. He knows all about that. (laughs) So think about this real quick. TV, in my opinion, is government in your home. And here's why. You may call me crazy. My wife does all the time. So what does TV stand for? Television. Television. Break that word down for me real quick and say it slowly. Tell a vision. Whose vision are you being told? (laughs) What vision are you being told? Now, when you decide you want to watch TV, you go and grab that thing called a remote, which, by the way, if you're my age, I was the remote. (laughs) You had to walk up. Is that what you want, Dad? But, no? Okay. So you grab the remote. You turn it on. And you hit that button with that button to pull up all the, the listings of what's going on that night on TV. What's that button called? It's a guide. Listen to all the, the, the spiritual darkness and the, the, de- the demonic connotations that we're about to go into, the occult thoughts here. A guide, which you're pulling that guide up to do what? To see what's on the programming that night. (laughs) So who's guiding you? What's guiding you? Who's programming you and what's programming you? And then you select a channel. (laughs) What are you channeling? Who are you channeling? Right? So you decide, well, let's just see what's on the six o'clock news. What's another name for the news? The media. You know what media is? It's a plural form of medium. What does a medium do? Mediums are spiritual guides, spirit guides who channel spirits and see visions. You can't deny this, people. Church, we got to wake up. 
there is spiritual truth out there. And the only way that we can, we can see that spiritual truth is you have to be able to detect it so you can defend against it and then ultimately defeat it. And that's what we're learning today, my hope. So what do we do about all this spiritual darkness that we're, we're dealing with? Or how did, again, how do we get there? I just gave you some, some basic things on how we got here. My belief is this a generational sin of silence. There's a sin of silence that, that has infected the church for decades now. We have sat back far too long and allowed the secular world to get in our kids' heads, get in our heads, and nothing exposed us more. And all this came to me during the COVID thing. COVID, and I apologize if anybody lost loved members during the COVID thing. COVID was a blessing for me personally uh, for several reasons, which I will explain here in a little bit. Um, but it exposed darkness. It exposed agendas. And it allowed us all to see truth. You know, when all the, uh, sitting at home, government telling us you can't go to church, but you can go to the liquor store. There's no denying that. That's what happened. Uh, so this generational sin of silence, if you turn with me to Ezekiel 3 real quick, this is what we're talking about. Ezekiel 3, 16 through 19. So Ezekiel's been getting visions. God's called him out. He's, he's sending him on a mission, his ministry. Verse 16, now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. So God, this is scripture, look through all, all throughout it. It's a gift of God, eyes to hear, or ears to hear and eyes to see. Those are gifts of the Lord. In this case, he's telling him, I'm giving you a word, you go speak it. So hear it and speak it. So verse 18, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood is required at your hand. That's powerful. So if you didn't pick up on that, that's God basically saying, you don't go speak my truth. Somebody's going to die because of that spiritually, and I'm going to come to you <laughs> and ask you why that happened yeah. at the judgment seat when the judgment happens. Yeah. 19, yet if you warn the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity but you have delivered your soul. Okay? Folks, church, we have the power and authority to pierce spiritual darkness, to speak truth, and that's via the light of the Holy Spirit. And that is what our charge is. We have to in this day and age. So how do we do this? We do it through God's truth, His Word, because this is truth. This is truth. So with this, we can speak that truth confidently and without shame. We can speak, uh, we can pierce spiritual darkness uh, with the light of truth with our testimony. 
and then with our worship. So those three things can subdue darkness. So that's a setup. <laughs> now, if you can understand this, I try to go to Eric's class on how you do this. It just didn't work too good. There's stuff all over. I keep adding stuff. I ran out of whiteout and it just, yeah, I'll figure it out one of these days. <laughs> so now we'll turn to uh, Genesis 1. So we're going to go to the foundation of truth here. Foundation of truth. You ready for it? In the beginning, God. Done. In the beginning, God. Church, let me tell you something. Not just in the beginning, God. In the middle, God. At the end, God. Not yesterday or yesterday, God. Today, God. Tomorrow, God. And then we'll be, uh, was, is, and is to come. From beginning to end, Alpha and Omega, start to finish, God. That is absolute truth. <laughs> not what you feel and not what anybody else tells you. That's the foundation. In the beginning, God. So let's go to the word here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. So verse two there, Without form and void, I found it interesting when I was studying for this, uh, without form, in, in Hebrew, that can be translated, one of the translations is confusion or chaos. So if you read that in there, the earth was, was chaotic. It was confused, right? And then void, emptiness. Nothing, nothingness, right? Then get to verse three. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke the power and authority of his voice. He spoke, pierced the darkness, and he brought clarity and fullness with one word, light. Now, why is that so important? You can't see in the dark, just like the joke walking around aimlessly, you're confused, you're lost, you don't know where you're at, it's hard to find things. And as a Christian, we do fall in those spiritual dark times. We do go spiritually dark at times. That's by our doing. It's not because God walked away. <laughs> That's us. That's all on us. You need that light to stay on that narrow path. Without light, without God's light, without this light of the Holy Spirit, it's easy to get lost it's easy to be, get off that path, right? We got to do everything we can to remain in that light. And you want to shudder the forces of darkness and spiritual darkness, wake up every day and the first thing you say is, let me be light. Let me be light. Because your light, you may not know it or not, people watch. <laughs> people are watching. They're listening. They see that Bible on your desk at work but you're using foul language and talking about the things that you did uh, over the weekend. We'll get the testimony here in a minute. <laughs> but let me be light because your light can pierce and subdue somebody, else dark, somebody else's darkness. And you can call them out. 
And that's our job, bringing the light at all costs, all the time. So this is going to be a little uncomfortable getting to this next section. If you want to turn with me now to Genesis uh, 127. Not uncomfortable, but the things I'm about to say should not be offensive because truth is not offensive. How it's said can be offensive, right? But this is coming with all sincerity and prayed over and thought of. Uh, so hear me out. Let's go to the Word real quick, and then I'll get into, uh, we'll make some statements. So 127, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. End of story. <laughs> then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so I'll start with uh, verse 28 yet. Don't tell me I can't eat a steak because it's bad for humanity. <laughs> don't tell me, pardon my language here, don't tell me cow farts are killing us. <laughs> this green new energy, this green deal thing, that, this, this, that is a rest for power. That is in contradiction to God's word. <laughs> Plain and simple. You can't deny that. So now to the real uncomfortable part. So God created man in his image. The image of God, and he created him, male and female, created them both. Three statements. No, that's not a girl. That is a man in a woman's bathing suit swimming on a women's swim team. That's not hateful. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Don't, we shouldn't feel bad about it. But again, that sin of silence, we've allowed this to just propagate and just keep going. Which, by the way, I'll pause real quick. I've got ADD, folks. It's actually, I say ADD and H ADD HD, which is ADD in high definition. So y'all just bear with me. This, this was supposed to be said back here, as you can see, but I, I, this jogged my memory. Thank you, God. You, you brought me back to it. So we're saying we tolerate these things. We tolerate this stuff. Hear me out on this one. Something tolerated is accepted. Something accepted becomes embraced. Something embraced is propagated. And once it's propagated, that becomes truth. And when you line that up, you can see line by line, 65, that's 64% believe in absolute truth. Well, that generation tolerated things. That next generation, 67% absolute truth, well, they accepted the things that were once tolerated by their parents. The next generation, numbers coming down, 59% absolute truth, they embraced certain things. The next generation, 30 to 40 years old, 50, we're at that 50% mark, believe in absolute truth. That generation propagated it, and that's just so interesting. It lines up with TV, <laughs> the propaganda on there. And then that next generation, the generation that believes 55% can have their own truth and 47% think you can determine, or uh, right and wrong is determine how you feel. That's their truth. That's right there, folks. That's biblical. So, get back to where I was at. No, that's not a woman. That's a man in a woman's bathing suit that's swimming on a woman's swim team. Number two, no, that's not a pregnant man. <laughs> That is a woman who identifies as a man who's pregnant now. <laughs> it's a woman. 
God created her that way. She's confused. And that's where that silence comes in. If we stand back silence and we don't break that, that next generation is going to be cursed. So this sin of silence will become a curse at some point. And we got to break that with the Holy Spirit, the light of the Holy Spirit. Oh, one more. Praise be to God for Prop 8. That was a big victory. That, uh, that light uh, shined bright. And uh, thanks to all those that went door to door, signed petitions, went out. Uh, couldn't have happened without y'all. Uh, y'all did God's work. Of course, that's all glory to God on that. But on that note, that's going to probably cause a lot of consternation in, in the public. There's going to be a lot of pushback. So when we hear that it's a clump of cells with cardiac activity, our response needs to be pretty firm in that, no, that's a baby that God put there. It, end of story. That's truth. So we light it up with God's truth through his word. Now, in John 8, and uh, Ingrid's going to get mad at me again, ADD. John 8, 12, just to bring that point home. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So, so we light it up with God's truth. We also light it up with our testimony. So you return with me to Acts uh, 26, 12 through 18. Oh, I'm running out of time, ain't I? <laughs> there I go again. <laughs> Acts. Here we go. All right, so what we have here, this is the conversion of Saul to Paul. I can't think of a better story for those that are lost, yeah. that don't know God. Yeah. Well, let me take it back. They knew God. He knew God. But he knew a legalistic God. Yeah. He knew the religious tradition God. He knew the Catholic Mormon God. <laughs> and by the way, let's just clarify something. When I say God, I mean the God who sent his son Jesus to die for us. That's what I want proclaimed. There's lots of gods out there. You read them through the Bible. There's lots of them out there, but there's only one true one. And that's the one who sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. Right? So Paul, think about this. This proves the fact Jesus or God, I should say, wants a relationship with, her chi with his children. And he provides us a way through his son, Jesus. And he wants a personal relationship. That's my timer telling me to stop. <laughs> Eric, you failed me. <laughs> you turn that off, otherwise it's going to keep going. So... I'll speed this up. He wants a one-on-one -on -one relationship. He want, he'll meet us where we're at. Look at this story. In the reference to light, he tells King Agrippa, while thus occupied, while he was hunting Christians, hunting Christians, going to persecute Christians, to jail them, to kill them, to separate them, to punish them. He was in the midst of that. And at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. 
right? Go meet us where we're at. You have to be obedient to that, to that light, to that voice. And he fell to his face, who are you, Lord? He knew. <laughs> he tells him, I'm Jesus, I'm the one you're persecuting. I'm the one you're going to arrest right now. I'm the one that you're going to kill right now. And tells him where he wants to go. And tells him what he, wants, what he, needs, him, what he needs him to do. And takes his sight from him. Jesus loves us and he meets us where we're at because the Father created us for a purpose, for a kingdom purpose. And when you find that purpose, your purpose is your testimony. And your testimony becomes your purpose. They're one and the same. So like I said earlier, I worked for the government for 24 years. My entire life was spent, I've, 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 I've spent defending people that makes sense. Played, I played football through all the way into college. I was an offensive lineman. My entire job was to protect and defend the quarterback, the running backs. Went into law enforcement my entire life, my entire existence was to protect, defend the public, the, the uh, uh, Constitution, all that, right? And when COVID hit, everything shut down, and then this is not, this is... Each individual person makes their choice, but I chose not to take the vaccine, and it was mandated at my work. So I was looking at, a, at this point, a 23-year career going down the drain. Everything gone, uh, the ability to care for my family, to provide for my family, you know, uh, that was a breaking. I'm gonna get upset here. It was in this moment, this breaking, that God told me, you're right, your purpose is to defend, it is to protect, and it's to defend and protect my church, my flock, and my word. Yes, your job as a law enforcement officer, and I took that very seriously, but that's not who you are. That's what you do. You're a child of God, created for a purpose, and I'm calling you out for that purpose now. And that's what was needed. So we pierce, we pierce the light with our testimony. The last thing, we pierce the light with our worship. So turn with me to uh, Romans 12, one through two. I'll speed up. Not good with the clock. I'm from Louisiana. I can't tell time. So, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God your purpose, what his will is, is your purpose. So how does that, what does that look like? What does a living sacrifice look like? What does being transformed look like? This is where Ingrid's going to shin kick me. You can just sit back and listen. These aren't on there. I've, uh, these were added after the fact, my ADHD. So 
Uh, Matthew 16, 24 through 25 says, then Jesus says to his disciples, anyone who desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Church, there's a difference between a believer and a follower. You can believe in God all day long, which is good. That gets you into heaven, but that, that, that treasure storehouse, that comes from those that follow and are serving and are out there going after, following the, the charge of the Great Commission. Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Living sacrifice, denying your flesh, kingdom first mindset, willing to die to your wants and needs, your desires for God's kingdom, his will, his purpose. So again, that living sacrifice, what does it look like? What does it look like to, to die to yourself? What does it look like to, to uh, seek kingdom first? Well, Matthew 23, 37 or 22, 37 uh, through 40. Jesus said to him, you shall love, your, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all law and, of the, all law and the prophets. The highest form of worship, folks, loving God, loving people. You love God and you love people, your money is not yours. It means nothing. Your time doesn't mean anything. Your time goes to God. You give up of your time, you give of yourself. You put your wants and needs away because it ain't about you. It's about God and his kingdom and the movement forward of that. Not even the gates of hell will prevail. So folks, we can light up the darkness with our worship in service. Our service is worship. So with that, we got a little exercise. I'm a visual person. So uh, if you would just humor me real quick. <laughs> the seat back in front of you or beside you, so you should see a little glow stick. A little white glow stick. Now, for those that are hunters, you can, if y'all are gonna be running around at the end of this scene, you're looking right now where chairs aren't, so you can <laughs> go get them for your deer stands. <laughs> so, so what we're about to do right now is I, I, I want us to visually see what lighting up the spiritual darkness, piercing it and subduing it looks like via these glow sticks. So what I'm gonna ask is uh, you just get that glow stick ready. I'm gonna start making some proclamations. I'm gonna ask the booth to dim the lights as low as I can get them. You can even turn these off. So as we make these proclamations and we speak out against spiritual darkness through the light of the Holy Spirit, through the power and authority of God given to us, let there be light. That's what was said. That pierced the darkness. That separated darkness from light. So as I make proclamations, if it's you, 
or your family member, or a loved one, a friend. I just want to see those glow sticks snap. And you just start holding them up. You just snap them in half. Yep. So we're going to make some proclamations. For those battling addiction, whether it be alcohol, drugs, pornography, light up the darkness. Do not let the darkness speak louder than us. Do not let it dim your light. For those that are battling sickness, illness, mental, physical, cancer, whatever the case, snap that glow stick, light it up. Do not let the darkness of that silence us anymore. Truth, we have to speak truth in this day and age. We cannot let the spiritual darkness take over. For those battling marriage issues, family issues, light it up. For those battling financial issues, there's an answer for that, light it up. For those that are lost, you know, I know several that are lost. Folks, we have people sitting in this congregation right now in these three services today that think they know God because they were told they know God. They don't know if they're saved or not. I've had the conversations with people. For those, light your glow stick up for them. Pierce that darkness. Folks, we can no longer sit back and let spiritual darkness control it. We wrest that control through the power and authority of Jesus Christ. We speak Jesus' name over all of it. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to the Father is through him. But while we're on that narrow path, I'll ask the worship team to come up. While we're on that narrow path, we need that light. And again, God's word is truth. Our testimony is truth. And our worship is truth. And that truth is the light to the lost world. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. You're such a good God. And I'm not worthy. Your grace and your mercy. And I can't thank you enough. This congregation, these people that have shown courage today to come out in this cold weather, come worship you, because that's what it's about. Worshiping you and all that we are with our whole bodies, a living sacrifice, Father God. challenge you. If you've let that darkness creep in, which it happens, come reignite it up here. Come light that flame again. And for those that are out there that don't know where you're at, don't know if you're saved, your relationship, you don't know where you stand with God. You being here is the first step the next step's obedience and finding your way to this altar.
We'll have our prayer teams up. If you need somebody to walk you through that and pray for you, they'll be there. Do not let the lights of this this room here turn back on without confirming where you stand with God. We have to pierce the darkness. We have to subdue it with our light, with the light of the Holy Spirit.